0: Now heading to the story from this week on the mother and baby homes it is featuring heavily in the Saturday papers today the Irish Times reporting that a mother and baby home redress plan is likely to go to Cabinet shortly the Irish Examiner front page from Elaine Lachlan saying no redress delay to mother and baby homes that legal experts have strongly dismissed claims that repudiating the mother and baby homes report commission would delay a redress scheme for survivors to talk about this and whether the uh, members of the commission should appear before an Oireachtas committee is the chair of that Oireachtas committee Committee on Children, Kathleen Funchin, Sinn Féin TD for Carlo Kilkenny. Uh, Kathleen, good morning to you. You've made a number of requests to the Commission before to appear before your committee. Did they give a reason why the last two times they weren't willing to do it?
1: Good morning, Sean. Yeah, so this is actually our third time to invite them in before us. Um, the first time was a very basic, We um, kind of sort of can't make it, um, which we took to make maybe the, the scheduling was an issue, so we reissued the invitation, and then they were a bit clearer, saying that they didn't feel it was appropriate to, um, I suppose, engage with the committee. Now, I don't, I think that argument is certainly, you know, a load of nonsense. Now, given that they have spoken, or one of them at least has spoken at an event in Oxford and raised. You know, there, there was questions anyway um, mm. in relation to the report and, and questions we wanted answered. However, now I think there's even more questions. And I think it's really important that we get the opportunity to ask those questions and also that we get the opportunity to ask questions on behalf of survivors. You know, ultimately, that's obviously what I'd like to see um, happening. Um, I think it's, you know, there's loads of issues around the contradictory findings in the report, the language of the report, the tone of the report. You know, they've very clearly said there was no evidence of forced adoptions yet. When you actually look at the testimony contained within the report, it totally says differently. You know, it says very clearly that a lot of women didn't understand the forms they were asked to sign or, you know, were put under very severe pressure to sign these adoption forms. So there was always questions like that. But then I think what came out of the event in Oxford was the fact that there were sort of two forums for people to give their evidence. There was this confidential committee, which the vast majority of people, around 500 people, gave testimony to. Mm. Um, And then there was the commission itself, and 19 people gave testimony to that. But it it now seems that the 500 people, none of their testimony was included at all, um, which is it's unbelievable really in one way that the whole idea of this you know investigation and report was to speak to survivors from the mother and baby homes to find out their experiences and everything that happened and then not to have the vast majority of that included. So I suppose one of the key questions I feel is if they felt that they're saying that there potentially was an issue with the terms of reference but the whole investigation and report took six years. So why didn't they say that? I, I just find that so frustrating that they, you know they had six years that they regularly went back to cabinet or to the minister looking for an extension of time but at no point did they say you know look we think there's an issue here with the terms of reference or you know something needs to be changed or we have a feeling that this is not you know going to this is not going in the right direction like i just I, it kind of beggars belief and I, that's why i really feel we need the opportunity to ask those questions and try and and see if we can get some answers in relation to all of that
0: do, do you have any power to compel them especially now that the commission is technically dissolved
1: no there, there was never a power to to compel them whether the commission was in place or not I do I do think you know maybe obviously we would have had a stronger argument if the commission was in existence and I do feel that you know when calls for that to be extended were, were made that the government should have done that at the time um however we don't have the the, the powers to compel them to compel them to come in I would think, given the amount of both public interest in in this, and given the fact that we saw the tarnished this week, and the the children's minister also echoed those calls from the Arachus committee for them to appear before us. So I would hope, you know, and it's the right thing to do. And they were yeah. engaged in this process for for six years and spoke to so many survivors. You would really hope that they would also understand and believe that this is the right thing to do. Um, but look at that, that, that! you know, we have to wait and see what happens in relation to that
0: Yeah and, and, and as you say obviously appearing at an academic uh, lecture or an academic talk kind of does give the, non- uh, the nonsense to the idea that they can't speak about it in public I want to ask you about the, the redress scheme as well because as I mentioned in the intro multiple reports that it will go to cabinet shortly but there have been some questions raised in, indeed by Minister O'Gorman himself about whether the redress scheme could proceed if changes were made to the report as some survivors now want to see what your own opinion on that as chair of the committee do you think we need to see those changes first and you stand over the report or is it more important that we get a redress scheme up and running straight away
1: you see I think that the the two things can happen without, like I don't think it's kind of that you have to pick one. And I've never understood this. The time that they that we were calling and, and others were calling for the extension of the commission, that was the argument at the time as well. And we have to, you know, get the redress scheme and everything up and running. But like I don't understand why that that can't go ahead. I don't think there should be any delays to that. Um, you know, because the enhanced medical cards, the compensation, the the other supports that that people very. You know very much need and then also all of the the issues around kind of the access to records and tracking and tracing i fully believe that that should go ahead and but i also think that part of the whole process and part of the process for people who were forced into these institutions is having their voice heard and is being able to tell their story and for to kind of have that nearly as part of the process and i think that's really really important and we need to ensure that that was done correctly i mean For example, if in like, you know, fifty years' time somebody picks up that report and that's sort of the kind of the narrative you know it's it's not the correct narrative it's it's you know it's not there's a lot of holes in it's a lot of question marks someone reading that for example will say oh there was no forced adoptions or do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like if we need to I really think it's important that that is accurate and that reflects what survivors lived experience was and we actually know now that there's no way that can be the case because the vast majority of people that gave evidence it wasn't included but so I think to- that we can look at that process and Deal with the redress scheme and everything else. I I could never understand why it's sort of oh it has to be one or the other, and I I don't think that that's fair to survivors. I think that's nearly, um, sort of it's it's a little bit of scare-monger and sort of like well if you don't agree with this. Uh, you know you're not going to have access to your redress and actually funnily enough that's how they've been treated their whole lives in relation to the institutions and when they uh, probably first came out of these places and were told don't talk about it don't tell anybody you know and for very many women the very first time they spoke about that was in that confidential committee and now to find out you know how difficult that must have been to actually do and then to find out well it wasn't even included. So I think the two are just as important and I don't see why they can't work side by side.
0: To, just to play and um, very finally and um, somewhat briefly if you can, just to play devil's advocate for a second and what um, uh, the professor was pointing out in, in her particular lecture was that the burden of proof uh, for a lot of these claims that are being made, the actual burden of legal proof uh, was possibly beyond what they could do in the scope of this commission, be that because of the terms of reference or otherwise, because you are relying on the memories of people as much as you are on any hard evidence which is either gone or never existed in the first place, and that because of things like Ireland's fairly draconian libel laws, uh, they couldn't legally make it into the final uh, report. That seemed to be what she was suggesting. Do you you give that argument any truck at all?
1: You see, I I think if there was issues such as that, I think that they, they should have come back um, and and spoken about the terms of reference and raised those issues, and they should not have waited to not only is the report published, but several months later, and conveniently enough for them when the commission has been wound up. And I also think as well that you had all of these women, and not just women, there was you know, people maybe who were born or people who had worked in some of the institutions coming forward with very, very similar stories. Mm. So, you know, I don't really see, like, it's again, it's that sort of tone of, oh, was this the case? And that was one of the major issues with the report when it first came out. There was this sort of an early, oh yeah, sorry, like, that was then, this is now type of attitude. You know what I mean? And I just think that, again, that sort of, nearly kind of second guessing survivors of these institutions by saying but no no did that really happen like if if you have that level of people telling the story and we all know as well by the way before there was ever a report i mean this decision was only made in 2015 we all knew before then people and had stories and families had stories and people you know knew people in their communities that had been maybe in these institutions or had been born into them so it, like, I think it was really important, obviously, that we did the report and that we have that investigation. But, but the point I'm trying to make is like, people knew about this situation. So I, I don't think it's really credible to say well, we weren't 100 percent sure if, if that was the case.
0: Okay uh, Kathleen Function the uh, Sinn Féin TD for Carlo Kakenny and Chair of the Oireachtas Committee on Children thanks a minute for joining us on News Talk Breakfast and uh, those calls will continue over the weekend for members of the Commission to appear before the Oireachtas Committee and it does appear outstandingly arrogant that they would have done an academic lecture uh, to two other academics without actually speaking to the survivors about this report at all